Hi and welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. This episode is all about capital gains tax and particularly the Chancellor's proposals to change the way that capital gains tax is going to be applied to property owners. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Now, this is really quite a fundamental proposal that the government are considering. And let's be mindful of the fact that no new proposals have actually been passed. A consultation has been carried out, but nothing has yet been agreed or decided. So as yet, we don't have any changes. However, as we know, the Chancellor Rishi Sunak has got a huge mountain to climb when it comes to paying back all the money that has been spent this last year because of the coronavirus pandemic. And the debt levels in the UK are higher than ever, the government debt levels particularly. So this means that Rishi is under some pressure to find a way in which he can start to raise some more income for the Treasury. So this proposal is really one way of uh, testing the waters, I believe, to find out if there is an appetite for changing capital gains tax and making property investors in particular and those who the, uh, the government might consider to be wealthy to pay for some of those changes. So if you've got a house and you bought it for, let's say, £100,000 and a few years later you've perhaps rented it out and, say, 10 years later it's now worth £200,000, you are counted as having made a capital gain of £100,000 because the property has gone up by £100,000 in value. So the gain, the capital gain, the amount that has gone up by is £100,000. Fairly simple. Now, capital gains tax is only incurred when you dispose of, when you sell that particular asset. So let's say you sell that asset to another person who buys the property. Now, you then have to pay tax on the increase. Now, there are some exemptions, which I'll come to in a moment, but that that, uh, increase of £100,000, first of all, you do actually have uh, an allowance. You have a capital gains tax annual allowance. And the capital gains tax annual allowance at the moment is £12,300. So from that £100,000, you take off the £12,300 and then on the remaining money that is left, which would be £87,700, you are then taxed on that amount of money. And uh, the the tax levels um, I'll come to in a moment. But let's just understand that the the capital gain that is taxable in this instance would be £87,700. The next thing to bear in mind is that it's only what the government calls chargeable assets which are taxed. So there are a number of things you can own that when you sell, you don't have to pay capital gains tax on. So, for example, personal possessions or your car, your own house that you actually live in, um, shares that you own that are in an ISA or uh, an older version of an ISA, which is called a PEP. Uh, there are there are so there are a number of things that you can own that you can buy, you can sell, and you don't have to pay any capital gains tax when you sell them. Some uh, precious metals as well uh, fall into that category. But anything that comes out of that category that isn't your sort of personal ownership, so anything that's to do with your business or property that you let out that is not your main house, so an HMO, for example, would uh, be part of this, uh, unless it's within a company, which I'll explain in a minute. But these are all assets. These these are what we call um, chargeable assets. And these are assets which the government will charge capital gains tax on if you make a capital gain. 
So the next question you might be asking is what is the rate of tax that I would have to pay on that capital gain that I have made? Well, this is where it starts to become complicated and this is where the government want to try and uh, kind of iron out some of those differences between capital gains tax rates and, for example, income tax rates. Now, if you are a higher rate income tax payer at the moment, if you sell a residential property, that's you, that let's say you're renting out like an HMO, you will pay 28% on that gain. So in the case of the, the situation that I mentioned earlier, so we have a £100,000 gain, we then take off the £12,300 allowance. So that leaves you with £87,700. That's the gain you've actually made. Now, the, the amount of tax you'll pay will be 28% of that. So that equates to £24,556, a fairly sizable chunk if the house is worth £200,000. Uh, it's over, over 10% of the, the sale value of that property. So it's quite a sizable chunk that you'll pay if you dispose of a residential property. That is, of course, if you're a higher rate taxpayer. If you're a basic rate taxpayer, so you're, you're on the lower level of paying basic rate, then... Again, if, it is, um, if it's a residential property, you pay 18% on residential property. Uh, it's 10% on anything else, but 18% on residential property. Now, if you are in between the, uh, if you, you will have an income tax banding, of course, and you may well pay some of your income tax in the lower rate and some of your income tax in the higher rate. So there is a little bit of a sliding scale here, and you only pay anything that equates to the lower rate at 18%. Once it goes over that amount, then you'll pay the higher rate of 28% on any amount that's above the basic tax rate. It can be complicated and I would suggest that you want to get individual advice from an accountant uh, or a financial advisor to really clarify how much um, capital gains tax you have to pay to the Treasury if you are disposing of a property. Now, when it comes to keeping records for capital gains tax, or in fact for any tax for that matter, it's your responsibility to make sure that you keep those records safe. So make sure you, you, you keep all your financial affairs in order. This is one of the biggest things that I've learned being a property investor, that you've got to see this as a business. You've got to keep separate files online, preferably, so that they're all uh, easy to access and uh, accessible from lots of different devices, because these days you never know where you might be when you need that information. So make sure that you keep really good records of everything that you buy, all the work that you do on properties, and that you therefore have that information to hand if and when you decide to dispose or sell a property. Now, the good news is for business, there are certain elements of tax relief that you might be entitled to, and you can actually reduce or delay the amount of capital gains tax that you pay if you're eligible for tax relief. So, for example, there is something called entrepreneur's relief. Now, this uh, is only a 10% capital gains tax um, on qualifying profits if you sell all or part of your business. So, for example, if you uh, are in a business partnership and you, share, you sell the shares in a company, uh, you don't have to pay, and, and the, let's say the, those shares are now worth more than when you first started setting up the business, you'll only pay 10% on the disposal of those shares. 
Um, if, for example, you incorporate, so you take your single buy-to-lets or your HMOs that are owned in your own name and you transfer them into a company, you can um, benefit from something called incorporation relief, relief uh, where you have, uh, in, in return for shares in the company, you transfer all your assets into that new business. Um, if you have done any capital improvements to your HMO, so you bought the property, you've improved it, maybe you've added 30 or 40,000 pounds worth of capital improvements, that will be listed on the balance sheet and that will go against, that will be deducted from the overall capital gain that you make when you then dispose of that property. So in this example, where we have made a, a capital gain of 87,700 pounds, we can then deduct from that any capital costs that we have incurred since owning the property. So that could bring your capital gain down to, say, £40,000. And then it would just be 18% or 28%, whichever is your tax banding, uh, on that remaining money that you would then calculate to be the capital gains tax that you would have to pay. So what's happened recently? So Rishi Sunak has uh, set up a new department called the Office of Tax Simplification. <laughs> that sounds good, doesn't it? And usually these, uh, these kind of quangos actually achieve the opposite of what their names seem to suggest. So I would recommend that we don't take it too seriously, that they are the Office of Tax Simplification. I suspect it's going to be the Office of, of Tax Complication. However, we shall wait and see what the results are. But this new quango has uh, published a new report now, what we've got to remember is, of course, that hasn't actually been implemented yet. We're still waiting for the January final report from this group of people. And from that, the Chancellor will then issue his um, spring statement, which will probably outline if there are going to be changes to capital gains tax. Now, the changes that they are recommending are based on the idea that uh, they want to identify opportunities relating to administrative and technical issues, as well as areas where the present rules can distort behaviour or do not meet their policy intent. And in particular, they're looking at capital gains tax on property. Now, it has been shown that the, the report that has come out, uh, many people have commented on already saying that uh, this could have a very detrimental effect on property owners um, because it is not only a complicated tax, but it has implications for other aspects of tax, such as inheritance tax. So there are really four main changes which uh, the, the Office for Tax Simplification complication is trying to bring in and uh, these are the four that they have recommended and particularly if you're a property investor these are four that you need to be mindful of that these could affect you. So the first thing is that the OTS, the Office for Tax Simplification, that I might want to call the Office for Tax Complication, OTC, has suggested that capital gains tax rates should be aligned with income tax. Now, this obviously would be pretty detrimental because a higher rate taxpayer at the moment pays 40% income tax on any amount that they own um, above the higher rate limit, above the higher rate threshold, which is about £50,000. So this would mean that if you're a higher rate taxpayer and you dispose of a property, at the moment you pay 28% capital gains tax, but in the future you'd pay, be paying 40%. 
Equally, for lower rate or basic rate taxpayers, that's the proposal as well, that at the moment, um, lower rate taxpayers pay 18% capital gains tax, whereas they would be aligned with their income tax levels, which would be 20%. So for lower rate or basic rate taxpayers, it's not such an impact, but for higher rate taxpayers, it really has a massive impact on the amount of tax that they will pay. The third point that the OTS makes in their report is to recommend that the link between capital gains tax and inheritance tax is changed. If you inherit a property from a parent, for example, who passes away, at the moment, if you inherited that property and the whole estate does not go over the inheritance tax limits, you wouldn't pay any inheritance tax on the, the um, you inheriting that estate. However, if you then disposed of the asset, you you only have to pay capital gains tax on the difference between the date when you inherited that property and when you sold it, rather than when maybe your parent bought that property and then now you're selling it later on. So the OTS is suggesting that those who inherit assets that are exempt from inheritance tax shouldn't benefit from the capital gains tax uplift as well. And they're recommending that people should pay the capital gains tax based on the price paid by the person who has died. So at the moment, this is calculated as being the assets estimated value in 1982. They're also saying that the government should consider removing capital gains tax uplift more widely and rebasing all assets to the year 2000. So this would have a very big impact because, as we know, property prices have gone up considerably over the last 40 years. And if we had to revalue property based on what it was uh, valued at in 1982 compared to today, um, this would really eradicate people's uh, probably even wanting to inherit property. It's going to change the whole outlook for inheriting assets from your family when they pass away. And then the fourth recommendation that the OTS has made is around business asset disposal relief and investors relief. Now, both of these are supposed to incentivise investment, but they claim these are not working effectively. So they're suggesting that the business asset disposal relief is changed to a different kind of relief scheme that's focused on retirement because they claim that really most people are disposing of those business assets at the point when they retire. They're also recommending that for investors relief that uh, because there's been so little interest in it since it launched in 2016, it should be abolished altogether. So in terms of investment in new business, investment in new opportunities, that could have a knock on effect as well. And these are linked to capital gains tax because it's all about how much money you make in those new investment pots where you are given some relief from that investment because you're taking risks, because you're taking risks in a new business. And these are areas that the, um, the OTS wants to change because they want to raise more money from people who are wealthy enough to start new businesses, invest in new businesses and invest in property. What are my views about all of this? Well, I personally think this is going to continue to flatten our society's growth. I think it's going to flatten the economy. And I also feel that this is very detrimental to people who want to start, scale and develop new businesses, particularly around property. I think it's very damaging for uh, an economy to place such heavy burdens on those of us who may have additional resources, because what we really want to be doing is to be 
encouraged to invest in new businesses because new businesses create new jobs. New jobs create um, economic well-being. They create social uh, mobility. And one of the classic problems that we face at the moment in the West, because of the amount of debt levels in government and across the Western world, is there is such a lack of social mobility. We have, uh, we, ha- we see wage stagnation, we see people being less mobile, we see people being less able to earn money. Uh, the, the hourly rate that people are on is, uh, although it's on the national living wage, uh, at which people consider to be a fair wage, the problem is that it doesn't necessarily necessarily reflect the productivity that they're bringing into the workplace. So I think there are some really big issues around tax. I think as property investors, we have to speak up whenever consultations happen. I think it's important that you make your voice known. I certainly do. (laughs) And this podcast is one way by which I make my voice known to you. I hope it encourages you to get involved in some of these bigger, wider debates, to stay abreast of what's happening in the the media and uh, in current affairs, and really to oppose some of these changes which will affect the investing landscape for the UK. Uh, not only does it affect you as an investor, but it, it years down the line, it also affects other people who could benefit from that investment. So those are my views on uh, the Rishi proposals from the OTS. Let's see what happens in January. We've still got all to play for. He might decide that uh, these recommendations are not valuable or not valid. So it might be that uh, we, we have nothing to fear. I think in January we'll get a better idea. So keep your eyes and ears peeled and I'll do an update in January on what the recommendations are looking like and what the spring statement might bring forth for us as property investors. Until then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, The Ultimate HMO Success System. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.